What's up, everybody? I almost did the Jason Fenske engineering explained intro. Hello and welcome. I don't know why I was going to do that, but that's not what this is. This is the Hooniverse podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Glucker. Welcome to, I believe we're on episode 220. Uh, last few weeks have been a bit busy, which is why you're getting another solo episode in a row. I hope you don't mind. Uh, usually these are well enough received. Uh, it's harder to fill out a full hour on these, but you know I try my best. Um, so we'll see how far we get. Your questions help push it along quite a bit. So we will uh, just just dive in and, and get moving. Um, I just got back from a quick trip back east. I mentioned last week that a, uh, a close friend had passed away. So I went back for the funeral. And one very, I think uh, you guys will like this one bit of news from that. Um, one of his first cars was a 73 Monte Carlo and he found that car later in life, or he found one, you know, a 73 Monte Carlo and had it painted and fully restored to look like his original car. That car was driven by one of his good friends to lead the funeral procession. So that's pretty badass. He was also a major, uh, sponsoring member of club, the new club motorsport in Tamworth, New Hampshire. And apparently they named, they've named one of the corners after him. I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I think it was turn seven. Uh, so that, that's pretty cool too. And I, now I have an open invite. Uh, I met the, the principal of club motorsport and I've, uh, I believe I have an open invite to go check that place out. So I might just do that one of the next times I'm back. Be really cool to do that. Um, I didn't drive anything while I was back there. I just stayed local in my my town outside Boston and did what I had to do and hopped on a plane on Sunday, which was not easy because Saturday was a pretty Irish funeral. Um, So my first of two flights home was difficult, (laughs) but I I somehow pulled through. Uh, The second flight was a lot easier thanks to water and Gatorade-like drinks and and other things. Um, But you know, whatever you celebrate the life of a person and then, uh, you, you pay the price the following day, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm back home. Uh, I left my Mercedes at the airport, picked it up. I got compliments on it from the LAX parking people. Um, and it was covered valet parking at LAX cause I have a discount there. So I wasn't too worried about it. Still nice and shiny from its trip to Meguiar's. I'm so happy to have that car back, uh, and I'm looking forward to doing more stuff to it. But like in terms of you know just just cleaning it up a little bit. Whereas you know when I had the truck, my goal was to learn how to wrench on it and then improve it. With the Mercedes, I'm less concerned with learning how to wrench on it than I am just slowly improving things, which is why I had some of the initial fixes handled by Leistung Auto. So the, 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 the older steering wheel, I love it. I love having a horn again. I missed having a horn in a vehicle. I'm not a horn happy person, but if someone, but Cal, I mean, people in Southern California drive like absolute garbage. So the horn is just a defensive item. Um, and it's a necessary thing to have and I'm happy it's back. So the the seat bottoms feel great. The the they're new with the fresh padding. Those feel fantastic. It makes me want to start 
figuring out how I'm going to get the rest of the seats done. Uh, the car is tracking wonderfully. No more pulling to the, I think it was pulling to the right initially under braking. Very, very minor pull, but it's not doing that at all. It's tracking very straight. It just hums along at 80 on the freeway. It's great. I'm thinking about road tripping it in the next few weeks. So um, with the wifey for our anniversary this year. We'll see. Fingers crossed that goes as planned. Um, it wouldn't be very far, you know, just central coast California, but it's still, you know, a couple hours each way, mostly highway. So it should be a big deal. But again, we'll see. Um, so that'll be fun. But the car is back. Now, I had to move the car out of the garage, though, because I had a new arrival press car just today. I have the Volvo V90 cross country. Now I've been dying to drive the, the new Volvo full-size station wagon. I've only had it for a day, so I haven't experienced it much, but it's just as nice as any of the other modern, fresh Volvos I've driven lately. And I've been a big fan of them. This one is no different. It's, it's, it's the T6. It's got plenty of power. It's very nice and simple inside. Uh, you know, it's like this modern, simplistic, yet yet up-to-date tech. It's it's a great blend they're doing in there. Um, on the outside, the thing is just gorgeous. I would prefer the non-CC version. I like the, just the regular wagon, um, but this one is, is it's just such good lines on this wagon. It is such a good-looking vehicle. I can't wait to spend more time with it as the week goes on. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that immensely. Uh, and then next week... I get the Forerunner TRD Pro just because I want to take something off road and shoot some video of it and kind of bang around in a Forerunner. But additionally, I'm going to drive the Range Rover Velar next week, which is a vehicle I'm just confused about. You know, it, it seems like Land Rover is almost doing a very BMW thing where they're like, oh, we have these models, let's make more models. So I don't know where the Velar stacks up. It, it seems like in photos that it's a very good-looking vehicle. I just don't get it. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure it'll make sense once I drive it. Uh, Range Rovers have a tendency to do that to you. But I don't know. I'll, I'll be very curious how that goes. So we've got that going on. Uh, I'm trying to think what else is going on on my personal car stuff. Um, the Mazda, which I never really talk about, is hitting 30,000 miles, and we have zero issues. It's been flawless. The car's, I mean, the car's fantastic. So uh, I asked my wife about it the other day, and she's like, nope, we're still very happy with it. So there you go. That's the, the, the report of the Mazda is that there's nothing to report, which is the perfect thing for your modern daily driver vehicle. Um, now, since this is a solo episode and I don't have the news, I don't have a guest, and I don't have a ton going on with my own project vehicles, I'm going to dive into questions a bit early tonight. I know it's a bit early, but before I do that, I want to talk about our friends from the Driveline app. Yes, they are still sponsoring us, uh, and I'm happy they're doing so, and their app is continuing to grow thanks to all of you going out there and downloading it. Now, they're also making it uh, better because they're finally reaching out to the community, and they're, they have 
more people. They're doing, they just did a major update. Um, and it only happened two weeks after they released it and they refined the look and feel of the app. They simplified the navigation of the app. You can now do offline logins so that you can save a drive, even if you don't have an internet signal, and then it'll upload it once you have signal, which is very important if you think about you know some of these drives away from the beaten path. So that was a great addition to the app. Um, now you could also get the route to the app as well. Um, and then you're finally able to view the profiles of others by clicking on their, their avatars. You can follow other members and you can receive notifications when they post new drives. So that's a great addition as well. Additionally, the driveline folks are addressing the, uh, the idea of the giveaways they're going to be doing. So once they hit 500 active accounts, they're going to announce that first giveaway. And then these major giveaways will be tied to basically membership thresholds, numbers of drives created, you know, if they hit a certain user plateau or if they hit a certain number of drives posted. And then you can earn points as you use the app, which will count as more entries into the giveaways. So the more active you are on the app, you better chance you have of earning these prizes that they're going to offer down the road. And now for those of you who haven't heard about it yet, if this is your first time hearing it, uh, the driveline app is available in the uh, iTunes app store. It's for iPhones and it basically lets you map and share your favorite driving roads. And then you can interact and record video of them. So it's a very cool app for those of you who just like to drive. And then in addition to that, they're helping to support what I hope is one of your favorite podcasts. So go in there and check it out, download the driveline app, start sharing those roads and sharing some good drives. So thanks for checking it out if you already have and get to it if you haven't. But let's move on to some questions. So first up, like you know, Patreon, better than everybody else. Uh, Dan Mosqueda. So I saw that incredible Ben's in my town today. Pause for those of you who don't know on Twitter. He showed me there's a 280 SE 4.5, um, and he was very curious about it. And he asked, are they money pits like my former E46? Are parts outrageously expensive? Um, I think when you get into vintage Benzes, a certain vintage Benzes at least, I think it just depends on the part. Um, so I had some suspension, duff, done, some suspension stuff done on my W114, and it wasn't as bad as I feared. So, you know, like some basic suspension components aren't ex- that bad, but then if you get into, you know, if you had to repair the air conditioning to a certain degree, if you wanted to fully repair it to Mercedes spec, that can get expensive. Um, so I don't know about how they compare as far as money pits compared to your E46, but in general, I think they just kind of run strong as long as they're maintained sort of thing. So it doesn't have to be a money pit, but then if the wrong thing breaks, just be ready for it. So fingers crossed that doesn't happen to me. Happen to me. And I'm assuming the four and a half has a bit more complicated bits going on than my straight six. I really want to drive one of those to see how it compares to my car. I'm, I'm betting it's just a damn dreamboat going down the road. Um, but I don't really know. I'm, I'm assuming there's a level of complication and cost increase with that engine and the overall car compared to my car. But so far, I'm not um, shocked. You know, it's not a shell shock with my car. And that's a very good thing so far. Kevin Schrage, which short-lived car model could have been saved with the right marketing pitch at its launch? 
Uh, I think probably the best car that most of you have never driven, and I swear to God, it's the Suzuki Kizashi. That thing was really good, and um, it just—it I don't know—it never. I mean, it, it was a Suzuki, so it didn't have any marketing budget to begin with. Uh, but the Kizashi was good. Dina Honda still working on my S10 Hoon truck. How's the Wombat? Do you miss the Hoon truck? When's the next shift happens? What happened to the review of that radar detector you had a while back? What would be a good, fun sports car to get that when it was released was 100K? So let's back up. How's the Wombat? Um, still planning shipping. It's it's just a little bit more logistically challenging than you think because you want to get the right price. And it's a car that doesn't run or steer. So that makes things difficult. Um, you can turn the wheels, but they're not connected to the, the steering wheel. So... We're still working on shipping. Do I miss the Hoon truck? Every now and then, but it's not like a, oh God, why did I do it? It's like, oh man, it'd be fun to take it for a spin today. Um, and it was just a cool vehicle to own, but it's it's not like a, a thorn in my side that I sold it or anything like that. And I'm happy for the current owner who is using it as a surf truck. The next shift happens is, is actually came out before you're hearing this podcast because I'm uploading it tonight. What happened to the review of that radar detector you had a while back? Uh, we've, we did two parts. We did a one part and a two part. And then we talked about doing a third part. Um, but it just was taking forever to line up what we were going to do. And now Jason's Connor, Jason Connor's car is dead. So we, we reviewed both of the radar detectors we received, but then we never got to do the bonus. We considered a bonus third one where we're going to get a friend of a friend who was a cop to actually go to a salt flat with us and, and shoot radar, radars and lasers at it. So that part ne- has never happened, um, and now it can't because the focus is gone. So then the last question, what would be a good, fun, used sports car to get that when it was released was 100K? Um, a ZR1? I don't know where those are at. Uh, obviously, Porsches are high on the list in that area. Um, I wonder what the depreciation is like on F-types like the, the first F-types. I bet the rear drive R's are probably hanging on, but the non-R's might be dipped a little bit. So that would be really good if you could get one of those. Craig on McBride. Now this article is probably backed by zero facts, but it it is an S16 Nissan, the right car to breathe life back in a Nissan sports car lineup. So there's a rumor that Nissan is doing an all-new S16 Silvia at the 2017 Tokyo Motor Show. Uh, I think that could be an interesting car if it was a, a, a more affordable sports car to the 370Z and it might get everybody to to breathe for a year or two waiting for a refreshed Z car. So it would get off Nissan's back. It would be something very interesting in line with the cars they used to build. I think an S16 would be a very cool addition. That's if it, especially if they did it as like a you know a, a BRZ GT86 type fighter. Um, that would be the right way to go for that kind of car, and it, I think it would be pretty awesome because they have some great engines they could choose from now. Okay, over to Twitter. Patrick Montgomery at WPM at WP Montgomery. What's the biggest thing you miss about living up in New England? Um, being close to my family and friends on a consistent basis. Uh, it's it kind of stinks that my my daughter doesn't get to see her grandparents as often as as you know other families who don't move three thousand miles away. But you know, gotta live that California life. Um, yeah, I, and I, I I do miss snowboarding as often as I used to. I could do that here. It's just 
I, maybe I wouldn't be doing it as much as I think I would um, if I was still back there just because of time and money. But I, I, I used to like, I used to really enjoy going snowboarding a lot too. Um, let's see. David Baldazar at standard six speed. You have two cars. One is a V8, one a four-cylinder, can be NA or forced induction. One is a streetable track slash weekend car. One is your daily, which is wetch, and what are they? Hmm. Oh, man. I would probably, if it's a streetable track weekend car, that opens it up. So then maybe I'd save the four-cylinder to do some manner of Audi turbo four-cylinder. Um, so then I could do like... Isn't that, isn't that the S5 Sportback motor? Maybe I'd do that. And then my V8 car, it's going to be some kind of rear-wheel drive. Hmm, what can I get that would be a good streetable track slash weekend car that is a V8? Because originally I was going to switch, switch it around and have the V8 be some, you know, a, a Range Rover. And then the four-cylinder be, you know, Miata or something like that. That's too easy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make the four cylinder my daily with an S5 Sportback, um, and then my V8 will be what V8 have I loved recently? That would be shoot. I was just I was rattling off some like a GT350 would be a good one. Um, ZL1 1LE would be a supremely excellent choice. That'd be a hell of a garage. S5 Sportback at a Camaro ZL1 1LE, especially if I didn't need to care, care as much about the visibility because it's a track car, not that you don't need to see out of them. Um, yeah, I'll stick with that. Uh, you know what? F- f- oh, fuck. No, no, no. I'll do, I'll do whatever the new Vantage is. <laughs> as my streetable track weekend car. I changed my answer. Um, Brandon Maxwell at BMAX3242. I want to sell my Mark V GTI for an R56 Mini Cooper S. Should I stick with the GTI or back to what I was happy with? I miss my Mini a lot. If you can get the money for it and, and you know, I mean, you can find a lower enough mileage Mini Cooper, go with what makes you happy. Why not? You said you miss your Mini a lot. Get back to that action. Those are fun cars. The GTI is fun, but, you know, so is an R56 Cooper S. I'm not going to stop you. Ryan West at Ryanator122. My Lemons AW11 MR2 is in need of a new valve train, quoted 1800 Should I just go find a junkyard motor to swap? Since this is Lemons, the answer is yes. Make Murally proud. Austin Madison at Austin Madison. What car value bubbles do you see popping? Uh, example, FJ40s, Vanagons, old Broncos. That's a very, very good question. Um, I mean, I don't think... Th- the the old school SUV market can keep climbing. Now I could be wrong because maybe you have someone like Icon setting the far end of the stick so that lower people, lower tier people who make a very nice non-Icon Bronco are like, well, if people are going to pay two, three hundred thousand, my fifty thousand Bronco will soon be a sixty thousand, seventy thousand dollar Bronco. I don't know. It's a tough call. Um, yeah, the Volkswagen vans are are crazy. So. But the love for old Volkswagen air cooled isn't really going away. And maybe on a small scale, it's 
Well, no, because it was really shooting up before Porsche was shooting. I was going to say maybe Porsche is carrying it to some degree, like all all air cools rise with the tide, but I think they're separate. Um, I like your call on old school SUVs. I just don't see those going much higher because at the end of the day, they're just trucks, and it's it's harder to for the average collector to lust after a truck. I mean, I I can see lusting after and paying some big money for some trucks, but I just, the general collector, I don't, I don't see it. Cause the, the, the guys who love the, like the, the droopy faced fifties trucks, they're fading out. Um, which means I sold my truck at the exact wrong time, but whatever. Um, but I, I, I just, there has to be a ceiling on, on, old school Broncos and FJs. I I think, I think defenders is a different animal. It's kind of a different beast because of its forbidden fruit nature, but like, yeah, Broncos, patrols, all that shit. I I have to see that car bolt. Not popping, but not like it's, I don't see where else you can go. I could be wrong. Of course I can, I can be wrong about anything. Um, let's see. Scrolling up for more Twitter questions. Uh, Ottoman at Ottoman underscore 81. Do you think Ram will stick the Hellcat drivetrain in a truck and resurrect the SRT Ram once again? At this point, I mean, I'd be shocked if they didn't, to be 100% honest. Um, They're putting it in so many things. You never would have thought they would put it in the Grand Cherokee years ago, and they did. Uh, So maybe they'll do like a real limited run of the Ram, and it would be fucking hilarious. It would be hilarious if they did that. So I would be... I wouldn't be shocked if they did. I'd be more shocked if they didn't, put it that way. I have heard nothing about it, but I'd be, there's so much money in trucks, you know? So people will pay the money for a a big, silly truck. Dina Honda, what's the best car movie ever made in your opinion? Not Fast and Furious, real fun car related movies. Uh, Everybody's answer to this is obviously going to be different. Um, Growing up, I was really... I really love the movie Speed Zone, which is, you know, some people are going to think it's hilarious. Some people are going to think it's terrible. I I thought that movie was great with the Countach and the Jag and the Daytona and the BMW. Um, And one movie that's terribly awesome um, is The Wraith. Like, that's a bad movie, but I love it. So that one's good. Those obviously aren't the best ones ever made. Um if you consider Back to the Future a car movie, that's somewhere on the list. It colored a lot of people's opinions about a given car. You could say the same thing about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I know those aren't car movies. Those are car-related movies, though. Uh, Ferris is the movie that got me into cars, to be totally honest. I'm sure I've said that before. So it's a tricky question. And if you've never seen Speed Zone, go find it. It's actually the entire movie I checked today. The full movie is on YouTube right now. So you can find it if you want to go watch it. Um, Let's see. Oh, fresh questions. Um... Nope. Let's go to Facebook. Sammy Assad, my business, my banana business fell through, and now I'm thinking of becoming a mobile motivational speaker. What vehicle would be the best to shout out motivational phrases and stories of overcoming personal hurdles? I think I need something that helps amplify my voice so I don't have to buy a loudspeaker as well. I'm not made of money here. Um, Raptor. You'll speak to your audience, you will stand in the back of it, and you can go to where the people need you. So if you need to go into the the jungle or the desert, just get a raptor, 
and they'll see that you you've made some money, but you're not you know a charlatan at the same time. Um, and but you get, you should get the loudspeaker though, because someone speaking from the bed of a raptor uh, from a loudspeaker would be pretty awesome. Christopher Tracy, we all know the meaning of life is 42, so what makes a good podcast question? Which are your favorites? What are the worst ones? Um, I I don't call any of them the worst ones. I'm just happy you people are being a part of this and joining in. Um, My favorites are the ones that make me think because it's a new question. The hardest ones to answer are the ones where it's you have X number of dollars, you have these very strict... um, things to choose from. They always, you know, they take, those ones deserve a lot of thought. Now those aren't bad questions. Those are just harder questions. They're still good questions, but the ones that are like out there, but still car related, I really like those questions the best. Dan and Moore, selling a car you love to buy a different one. I have a Mini Cooper S. Oh, we might have someone you should talk to that I love and is still paying for. But one of my dream cars has been a Jeep Wrangler. Do I sell other things and stretch myself to have two payments or say goodbye to the Mini? Um, I mean, if you still love the Mini, it, the Jeep Wrangler is a very different vehicle and you're going to miss the driving dynamics of the Mini. Now, that's not to say the Jeep is bad. Jeep Wranglers are, are great for what they do, but they don't drive like Minis. Um, I mean, the, I, I never want to suggest that anybody should stretch for anything. So if there's ways you can make it work, good for you. Um, but... I, I don't want you, you never put yourself in a position where, you know, things are tight. Russell Gorley, I'm planning on attending Radwood 2 this December. By the way, if you don't know, Radwood 2 is this December in Southern California, and you should go. Do I bring my bone stock and fairly beat up 99 Silverado, or my definitely not stock and not period correct supercharged E36 M3? I know the truck is reliable enough to drive out from Vegas. I have less confidence in the E36. I don't know what the full ruling is, so talk to Brad Brownell on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Um, I mean, personally, I'd rather see the supercharged E36 M3. So, and you could dress like a super douche, <laughs> you know, to, 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 it's, you have to dress in costume. So think about it. Do the M3. Blake Swan, do you think cars like Civics are getting too big with too large of a drop off in performance for the next size down vehicle, such as the Honda Fit? I feel like the Civic and Fit are a huge size difference, but the Fit screams Econobox as opposed to just feeling like a smaller Civic. I'm going to disagree with you because I think the Fit is really good for that class of car. It's a really good subcompact car. The Civic has gotten bigger and then there are so many different engines available. It'd be really cool if you get that. Well, you, I'm just going to make sure so I don't sound like an idiot um, and say that you. it'd be cool if you could get that one and a half turbo in the fit. Uh, what engine comes in the fit before I say something really dumb? What are the engines? Um, the fuck engine is in the fit. I'm Googling it because I don't know because I don't care as much. Models and specs. Just give me the goddamn specs. Um, oh, it's a one. Is it the turbo? It's a one and a half liter engine, but is it the turbo? Hit info, please. It says one and a half liter four, but it doesn't say if it's turbo or not. Um, so that's really annoying to me because if it's that engine, that's, I mean, that's pretty cool if it's that engine. Um, yeah, I, I really think the fit is excellent in that class. Like a good deal better car usually than a lot of the competition. So I'm going to disagree with you there, but size-wise, yeah, the Civic feels pretty big. 
Cody Johnston, my mom bought a 2015 Jeep Cherokee about a month ago and has only had it for about a week in that time due to multiple issues that have resulted in it being in the shop the rest of the time. She bought the lifetime drive time warranty, but my question is, does she keep trying to drive this ticking time bomb that has a, the dealer has, has to keep fixing or bail on it and find something different? If so, what do you suggest? We live in northern Minnesota and 4x4 or all-wheel drive is actually needed. Thanks, Jeff. Um, I mean, if the car is just constantly in the shop, as long as you don't lose your shirt getting out from it, it seems like it's like because a 2015 Jeep Cherokee is a good car. You might just have a shitty one. And that sucks, but it's better to recognize that early and get away from it. Um, if you can get another Jeep Cherokee that's not shitty, get that. Uh, maybe jump up to the Grand Cherokee. Derek Kuhn, should I sell a set of wheel and tires that I got for a steal to be able to buy more car parts? I got a set for 500 that I could probably resell for 1500 easily. Or was I a jerk for not giving the guy what they are worth? By the way, my last name is said like the sandal brand Keen. Oh yeah, I just fucked it up again then. You butchered it last week's podcast. I did again, Kuhn. Um, I mean, if you bought it, you bought it. You already bought it. Uh, so if you can flip it... Uh, you know, I mean, unless you were like, I'm okay with the discrepancy in buying them for 500 and 1500. It's not as bad as like buying a car for 500. That's worth 5,000. I mean, it's not, if you'd ever did that, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough area to make the right call here. I mean, did you, did you buy them off some little old lady or did you buy them off a guy who just needed to get rid of them? You know, those are two very different scenarios, but if you can make money on them, they sold them. They're yours now. You can do what you want. So, um, yeah, sell them and buy parts. David Bodenstein, now that I've moved out west and L.A. is just a few hours drive away, what bars can I corner and talk to you at on Tuesdays? Question related. Give me your full opinion on the 2016 Boxster Spider. Uh, I'm in a, I'm in a dad now who's 37, so I'm normally not at a bar on a Tuesday anymore. Um, so good luck. Uh, but Southern Orange County is your best bet or back at four sons. Give me your full opinion on the 2016 Boxster Spider. I've never driven it, um, but it is it. Everything I've read about it is that it's awesome, uh, except the one at that one cars and coffee. Um, yeah, the Boxster Spider, it's a great car. And then you get, if you're getting the Spider, you're getting even a more special rare version, which you're probably paying more for. I'm assuming, um, it, it's a perfect car to be out west in, put it that way. Mark Miller, why do I keep buying sub $1,000 shit boxes and then fixing them up for far more than they are worth? Are there any 12-step programs that you know of for this sort of thing? Um, no. Uh, a wife? Other responsibilities? A kid? Um, and don't don't roll your eyes at me because mine aren't some $1,000 shit boxes. They're just like a few ticks more. Russell Turnbull. Read or hear of any interesting car or auto books recently? I just finished Rob Siegel's Ran When Parked and would recommend it to any DIYer. That book is literally one-third read sitting on my shelf right now, and then I just randomly got sent to me a new Ross Bentley book. I don't remember asking for it, but it showed up in my mail today, so I'm very much looking forward to reading that. I recently read... Oh, shit. What did I just read? Oh, I read um, Mark Donahue's... Um, um, the unfair advantage. That was a good read. That's not a new book or anything. Um, and then I have, I am waiting to get to it after I read, read the Rob Siegel book is the smoky eunuch trilogy books. The, uh, what's it called? The best damn garage. Really looking forward to read those. But if you want to read books about driving fast, the Ross Bentley series of books 
are very good books to read for that too. So, and they're cheap and they're really easy reads. Inexpensive, I should say. Joel Ramirez, how often do situations come up where the aftermarket mods actually fix inherent issues with certain vehicles? I mean, I'm sure they exist if there's... Um, like, um, I, I think Mountain is working on, is it Mountain maybe working on a suspension for the Focus RS where it makes it just a much more better damped ride? Um, there's, I'm sure there's tons of things where, you know, you can fix some understeer or, uh, if there's, um, I don't know about any of them fixing like direct injection based issues or stuff like that, but I'm sure those exist too. There, there's, if you look for the right mods, I'm sure they can clear something up. Obviously it's not the goal, but I, I do think it does exist for sure. Davion Shaw. I don't have a question. I just wanted to hear you mispronounce my name again. Um, and then Talmadge Elton Gardner replied, he got mine right. Maybe he was, he was a few drinks deeper by your question. Is it, it's not Davion if it isn't, I'm really sorry. I'm going to like this question, though, because that's really funny. I'm not a good pronunciationer. Joshua Woodle, what's a more appropriate dad car? I mean, that V90 out there is pretty awesome right now. Um, and let's see. Yeah, that's a good dad car. Fuck it. Volvo V90. We're sticking with that. Greg Scantleberry, with Geely officially taking over for Lotus, do you think we could see a new Esprit? Uh, who cares what Lotus does at this point? I mean, I know that's the wrong answer, but Lotus is just like, we're up, we're down, we're up, we're down, we're up, we're down, we're up, we're down. Uh, I, I haven't read a press release on a new Lotus that I've given a shit about in a long time. And I, I maybe that goes against my anti-enthusiast cred right there. But if, if they came out with a car tomorrow that was done in the John Player livery, then I'd be paying attention. Ross Ballot, what mid-range performance cars do you like more than that company's high-end performance car? For example, M2, M4. That's a great example because that's, that's kind of the answer. Um, I mean, I would probably take an E63 over an S63 because wagon. Um, what else is there? I usually like... Well, this is kind of cheating, but I usually prefer Vantage to the higher up stuff in the Aston lineup. Um, let's see more. Uh, what else could there be? There's got to be some stuff. I would I would be surprised if I didn't. Well, this is kind of cheating. I was going to say Camaro ZL1 1LE over you know top spec Vet. I bet that I bet the Camaro is going to be more stupid, silly, fun. But that's like a high, very high-range performance car, so that probably doesn't count. Um, TTRS versus R8 would be a really interesting comparison. Obviously, the R8 has the you know the insane styling and the exoticness of it. Oh, and then uh, since we're being now, I'm realming into supercars, uh, Huracan over Aventador all day long. But these are you know me being a dumb journalist example. Ash Hardy, favorite car maker that isn't around anymore. I've got to say mine would be Saab. Um, hmm. Who's my... Pegaso. No, I just saw a video for them. That's why I said that. Um, who's my favorite car maker that isn't around anymore? It's... My dad had a Mercury Cougar that I liked, and one of my friends is buying a Marauder, but Mercury's kind of a lame answer. Maybe 
maybe Oldsmobile, just from some of the muscle cars they built back in the day. So I would probably say Oldsmobile feels like a lame as fuck answer, though. Um, so I'm just going to say I'm trying to think of something obscure and it's not happening. Um, and I can't say TVR anymore. Um, I'm going to go with Merckshimobile. No, I'll stick with Oldsmobile and I'm going to stick with my muscle car, car answer. Niles Rogers, do you think Grand Tours like the Lexus LC500, Mercedes S-Class Coupe will have a bright future? Grand Tours aren't going anywhere. The rich will always put a Grand Tour in their garage to go along with their Range Rover and their full-size sedan and all their other stuff. I mean, they're the great, you know, empty nester, bomb to Palm Springs car for the, the well-heeled set. So, yeah, I don't see I don't see Grand Tours morphing into like Grand Crossover Tours or something. Um so, yeah, Grand Tours will always have a future. Justin Walsh, is the new VW Touareg V10 TDI the most interesting SUV ever made? Did VW make a new V10 TDI? Um, let's see here. Um, v, I'm going to look this up because that doesn't sound right to me. V10 TDI, because that was one of the greatest vehicles I ever drove. I loved that thing. Um yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a new V10 TDI coming out. I, am, am I? Am I insane here? The last one was in 2008. Um, so I don't know. I, I again, I could be wrong. Oh wait, is he didn't say new? I added new. I just had to re- reread his question. I'm an idiot. You had me scrambling there. Um, it is one of the most interesting SUVs, I think, because it was such a crazy engine. Now, one, another one would be the Q7 diesel that we never got here with the V12. That thing must have been bananas. The Lambo LM002 is definitely way up on the list, um, probably higher than the Volkswagen. But the Volkswagen is is way up on that list for sure. Um as a very interesting SUV. So that's a very good choice. I really like that thing. It was the, it was one of the first four press cars I ever had. I forget the exact order. Um, I even think it might've even been top three. So I, it's, um, I have a special place in my heart for that thing. It just it, insane. The power you felt behind the wheel of that really loved that first gen Touareg with that motor. Um, so yeah, that, that's all the questions for this week. Uh, it, it, Felt like a decent length podcast episode, probably at like 45 minutes or so. Hopefully I didn't cut it too short. Um, You guys had some good questions as always. I think next week we're back together so it won't be just my lame ass screaming at you Um, but in the meantime uh, you know don't forget to check out the driveline app follow me on instagram at hooniverse jeff also follow at the real hooniverse follow me on twitter at jay glucker Go to our YouTube channel. We're about to hit 35,000, so that'd be cool. Just loaded up a new, very long shift happens. Like way too, it's like a 20 minute video or something. It's, it's, I should have broken it up. Um, it's really dumb that it's that long, but it's about restoring the paint on the, uh, the bends, which is kind of cool. And just the guys at McGuire's were saying really interesting shit. So it's, it's, you're learning some, I think, unless you already know all about detailing, it's kind of a, it's like, it's like the mild car version of an ASMR type video. Um, but so go watch that. Enjoy that. Don't forget to go to hooniverse.com because that's where all this magic has originated from. Cough, cough. I did magic in quotes and, uh, yeah, check that out and go to iTunes and rate and review this podcast and shoutengine.com if you want your own podcast and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening.